Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of Intuition, Your First Sense, and thank you so much. Do you know that you listening to this podcast has ranked it as one of the top 20 life coaching podcasts for 2021? I'm blown away. I did not know they were even calculating that, and I'm so grateful and am just I'm not speechless very often, but this was one that really uh, got me because I do this because I love it and I want to bring the information to as many people as possible. And if I, if you can benefit from t- my 21 years of <laughs> slogging my way through the, the forest sometimes, it seems, to figure out what and how do I manage my own intuitive abilities... And how can I help other people to learn how to do that? I'm just so grateful. So thank you for listening, sharing, subscribing, uh, sending in your uh, questions and ideas for subject matter and just for being part of my world. Because even if we haven't met, energetically we have. And I'm grateful for that. And I think this is an example of when you do something you love, it is work. Don't get me wrong. Like when they say, do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. That's a bunch of bunk. I'm here to say you do work. You, you might work a lot, but the fact that you love it and you understand that it's to be of service, it does power it and it does make it help, does make it easier, I should say, for it. So thank you so much. Top 20 and 21, um, It's good to have goals. I definitely have them. That was not on the thing. I didn't know it was a thing. So thank you so much. I appreciate it for your participation because this doesn't work if you're not downloading, listening, or sending it and sharing it or liking it or, hey, head on over and give a review. That would help too. I never ask for that, (laughs) which is why this surprised me a little bit because uh, I've often said in my own humor, that imagine if I actually promoted this thing, how <laughs> well it would do. So I trust in the energy of the universe to do it, and then I will back it up, whatever is asked of me. So this episode is a fun one for me because uh, it was requested that I speak about animal communication. And I'm happy to do that because they just have so much intelligence and so much personality and spunk. I am going to say, though, I do not work as an animal communicator. I have some wonderful ones that I can refer you to if you would like to meet them. And actually, we'll be having one on the podcast coming up in a couple months, I believe it's scheduled for. But I'm going to give my perception of this and what my experience has been And then perhaps what you can do to deepen your connection with the animals in your life, the animals in the universe. Um, You do not need to be right next to them to communicate with them. So animals have their own soul's process. We do not change species. So, sorry, you were not a cat in a past life simply because you love cats in this life. Maybe you do have a soul contract with an animal and that's why you feel so deeply towards it. But 
we evolve in same species lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. So the cat that comes to you or the dog that comes to you or the horse or donkey or whatever form it takes, when you connect with it and you, you know how sometimes you can look at an animal and you can feel like, whoa, there is some intelligence in there. Well, they've lived many lifetimes. They have also evolved through just like people. You know, there are some people when you meet, you're, you're impressed and you're, you feel, wow, that's really a connective energy. And the um, evolution of that soul is pretty impressive. And then you meet someone else and you're like, whoa, newbie. Okay, cool. We need those two. Um, the same thing happens <laughs> with animals. And I have had some pretty amazing um, souls in my life that have helped me to learn, most especially my pit um, tank, who was only here for four years. He was a bit of a medical marvel, um, and but he taught me so much, and he taught my late husband so much about the process of loving and patience and how important that two-mile walk is every day and the joy that you can get from ripping a tennis ball apart. I may never really understand that one, but it was fun to watch him. So animals evolve over lifetimes and they expand and they learn and they grow. And I also believe that there is a level of intelligence that's there in their heart-centered space that, and then their forgiveness and their willing to mo- willingness to move on you could say that some of that is because of their, you know, their physical being and that, you know, maybe they don't have as much of the, well, they have different, I'm not going to say it that way. They have different brains and how they wire and are wired and everything. And you could say that's part of the evolutionary process. However, I think that they are on their own path and that they are here to help us learn, but they very much have their own soul's progress. So don't get me wrong in thinking that they are here in service to us, not at all. They are here, I think, for us to learn from, to acknowledge, to open up to, and to see how we can live collaboratively and what we can learn from them. I mean, cats are really good at taking naps. We could really learn from them. And yes, it is as simple as that. It does not have to be this thing that's so deep and profound, and yet it can be this thing that's so deep and profound. So there are there's an ability to connect with animals. And yes, they will communicate. It depends on the animal. It's much like when I work with, have worked with those who have crossed. Some souls will come through to me and they will talk up a storm. And I really appreciate that, being a talker myself. And some souls will come through and they will show me pictures. And some souls will come through and I will feel what they felt like. I will feel who they are and what they want to communicate. Animals work on pretty much the same premise. I have found that cats are very talkative. Um, They, of course, want to give their opinion, and they want to talk about (laughs) oftentimes what's not working for them rather than what is working for them, and I appreciate that. 
where dogs tend to be this is for me anyway but it can give you a starting point of connecting in with your own animal um the dogs tend to have more of a um, intention of like balancing the energy in a home or making sure that their owners are okay or being alert and you can see this right in some of the characteristics of their species and horses are so smart so smart um and back uh well, wow it's probably about 15 years ago now i worked with um, an owner of a boarding uh, establishment and she just had some troublemakers in there and she was like can you just see what we can do about this and I was like, okay, I'll give it a try, believing everything is energy and there's intelligence in there and perhaps I can connect to that intelligence. And it was fascinating how many different personalities were in there within the course of you know the two hours I was there. I met with uh, seven or eight horses. I can't remember the exact number. And like some of them had great senses of humor. Some of them were very direct and just wanted me to tell the owner of the place what could be done differently. Some of them needed comfort and they didn't like something in their stall. And once we removed that, they calmed their little buns right down. There was this, my favorite one, I think, was this big old Clydesdale mix. I don't remember what the other part was, but she was a tall girl. I can't remember how many hands, but she, I'm five, five, and she stood about six inches taller than me at her back, not her head. Her head still went up another foot or so. So she was impressive. And they told me I couldn't go in with her. And I, this was probably not smart, but I just trusted her. I knew her little heart was just sad. And I said, I promise I'll keep my open to the door that I can get out and it'll be fine. Um, she's She'll be okay because she had been trying to beat down the door to her stall and they said, you just can't do it. And I said, well, I'm going to trust her. And I do not have a whole heck of a lot of training with horses like as the human being trained. Um, but I trusted her. And when I got in there, I said to her, you know, telepathically, okay, honey, what's going on? What do you need me to tell them? And as someone who has never been thin in her life, <laughs> I really appreciated what this horse was saying in that their sole focus was to get weight off of her so they were holding back on feed and food and stuff. And listen, I can understand that from um, a health perspective, but what they hadn't considered is that she could absolutely hear them and she understood their energy and, and their, their judgment of her. And, you know, I just suggested to them that they remember that this is a very, very big horse. By bone structure, she was a big horse. And that they, they weren't talking about a stallion or anything here that needed to be sleek. She, her job was to pull things. And I used myself as an example. And I said, you know what? If your car's stuck in a ditch, you want me there to help you push it out because my leg strength will do most of it. So we all have skills and we all have abilities and we all have a form. And her form was insulted that they thought she was fat rather than just big boned. 
So we smoothed that over, and she was really hungry. So, I, you know, in my own figure this thing out, I tossed it over to them as experts and said, is there something you can give her that won't put on the weight but will take away that those hunger pains? Because part of the reason she's trying to beat down the stall is she is literally hungry in there. And that's not okay either. So they adjusted the feed schedule, and then they got her a different kind of hay. I don't remember what one, but if it's like rabbits, <laughs> you go to Timothy rather than the oat or anything because the other ones can put on weight. So... They did that, and what ended up happening is, and and then exercising her more. She said she wasn't getting enough exercise. So in human terms, she wasn't getting the strength training that she was used to. They were having her do more cardio, and she would burn more doing strength training. Maybe she was a perimenopausal woman because that's what happens there too. (laughs) But when you're communicating with an animal, you cannot go in with an agenda. You can't go in with, this is a horse, this is how they're going to talk to me. This is a dog, this is how they're going to communicate with me. You can't. You have to meet them soul for soul, which is what I would love humans to do rather than all of these labels that we put on things. Meet people soul to soul. And we could create some change in this world. But with animals, the best way to do it is you have to come out of your thinking head. Like you still allow for that knowledge to be there, of course, because we work in language. But you have to go into your feeling self because their first sense is intuition. They they should be the representation of my own podcast, right? Have you ever wondered where your soul is? How you can be in touch with it? How you can use it and communicate with it with your human senses as well as your intuition? I wondered this for a long time, and as I practiced and learned how to do it, I have now created a course that you can take that is self-guided, along with some live events with me, that can help you to connect to your soul as well, and to use this amazing collaboration between your human self and your soul to empower your life, to create what you'd like to have, and most importantly, to be able to feel that you belong, that you are amazing, and then what would you like to do with that in the world? So head on over to the website, vickybaird.com, check it out and sign up and let me know if you need any help. Your first sense is intuition, but you just didn't know that because as a human, we are often raised that our five senses come first and then we tap into our sixth sense, which is intuition. However, my belief is that our intuition is our first sense and we just need to move it to the front of the line and learn to work with it a little bit more. So with animals, they are already in their first sense. They operate in intuition. That's why if a, an animal does not like a person, you better listen because they're letting you know what the truth is of that person's vibration And just like with little kids and stuff, trust them. So to communicate with an animal, you have to almost go completely blank of your knowing. And you you actually shift your reception, your energy into a place of reception that I call it stupid head. And not because of the animals, but because what I'm doing is making my head blank. Like when you you can arrive there in meditation sometime, not the whole time because, you know, thought happens. But you calm yourself enough that there's 
no preconceived notions going into this communication because <laughs> uh, my daughter has a cat as an example, my daughter has a cat. <laughs> I love Beanie Bean, but he is not the brightest bulb on the tree. But when communicating with him, like I almost have to get into an energy of goofiness. And then I can get information that's actually pretty deep. He's just, his first go-to is kind of a do-do-do. He's not the... <laughs> Oh my gosh, he's the best cat. He's not the fun, the the smartest bulb. And yet she has this other cat, she has quite a few, um, that is just all business. Do not even consider communicating with him if you are not bringing your litigator. You're not going to get anywhere with him. So I know this because I know them through the years. However, when communicating with other animals, you have to almost know nothing and then they will give you the information because they don't want to be told who they are. They want to be received as who they are. And when you're communicating with them, they'll often give you why it is they're in your life. Like they'll let you know. Like there's a saying among those of us that love cats that the cats choose you. You don't necessarily choose the cat. The cat chooses you. I think this is true of all of our animals. It's how I have a free roam rabbit in my house right now because I knew when I saw this just written post that this rabbit needed a home that he was supposed to be in my home and not, I still had choice, right? I could have said, no, it's too soon after Tank passed. I want to see what it's like to only own one animal <laughs> and Leah, my cat at the time, probably would have loved to be an only but you know what he came to us and he brought such joy and he still does he's here with me um he brings such joy to my life and I needed to laugh at that point after my husband's passing two friends passing a dog passing a kid moving across state which I was happy about that but it was still hard and then other things that were going on in the family dynamic running a business in a home I needed joyfulness. I needed the silliness of this old man in a bunny suit. <laughs> and he's playful and he binkies and he helps me remember that we don't really necessarily have to take this life so seriously because if you have hay and a couple veggies, life is good. And we kind of eat the same food. I don't eat the hay, but the rest of the veggies are very similar. So they choose us. And... The process of, you know, passing through our lives. Maybe you do rescue work and you are the layover to getting that animal to wherever they need to be. Um, it's important to understand that as well. But their spiritual meaning in our lives, our soul contracted much like the people in our lives. And we just have to pay attention to what that is and how we can be there in their communication because you know, often being tapped into your own intuition will help you know if there's something going on with the animals like, because they often hide it, um, especially if like a rabbit or you know a chicken or somebody, an animal that tends to be a prey animal, they won't show you that something's going on, but your intuition can tell you. There have been many times I have brought my animal to the vet and said, 
something's going on. I can't quite nail it down. Sometimes you're too close to it. Um, and sometimes you just don't know the whole biological process of the animal. Um, but this is what I'm seeing. And I give facts. It's kind of like when I work, was working with the police. I would give my feeling, my intuition, what I saw, how it connects for me. And then I would give, with the police, it was their job to, that the evidence was there. But with the animals, I will also say, and I've noticed that she's using the box more or that she's refusing her food or that he's lost weight, but he's eating like crazy, which is what we're going through right now. Um, but you change the hay out and you gain some weight back. So you can use it and, and tap into that, but it's important that you just like using your intuition for anything, you have to use it in a combination of feeling it, knowing it, intuiting it, but also being observational. If you get emotional in your intuitive information, number one, you become dramatic. And that is just all oh, the showy intuitive stuff just pushes a button that I have not yet uninstalled. If you're wanting to connect with your animal, again, you have to go into that calm space, that almost nothing space. And then when you get the information, you watch it like a movie or a TV show or something along those lines. So this is the practice of space, right? You, I actually imagine that there's energy space between us. So imagine yourself sitting across the table, like a big conference room table. You create that space between you and the, the animal that you're communicating with energetically. So if it is your animal and you're like, what is going on with this little bugger? You could still get the information if you stay in that neutral, almost clinical place. It's just necessary because you love them. If you get emotionally involved, it's too hard to figure it out. So different animals take a different approach. Um, but like I said, you do not have to be right there with you hands on. Now, some communicators do work this way. Um, I've met a few communicators that work with horses that want their hands on the horse. That's fine. Um, we all do it differently. I find that if I can be in the room with the animal, it does help me but it's not necessary. And sometimes what they show you, you have to decipher through their very practical, just giving you the information space. Because remember, they're not that far removed, your domestic animals are not that far removed from living in the wild. So they're gonna give it to you pretty matter-of-factly. Um, there's a pain here. I don't like what's over here. Something's happening in my back, but they may say it in different ways and you just kind of have to think like the animal. One of the ways that you can fine tune your communication with animals is if you happen to have them in your home and say they're just lying down, taking a nap, sit in your own space, take a couple deep breaths <laughs> and then send a message out through your thinking head, your telepathic head to them. And do it in the same way. Like when I come in, um, LB is my rabbit's name. Little bastard is his full name. But when I come in from you know being out, I'll say, hey, dude, where are you? And um, that tone of voice lets him know I'm home. 
so they get startled easy, easily. So I like to let him know. He doesn't always hear me, but it helps. So you can, I would sit on the couch and not say that out loud. I would say the same inflection in my thinking head. And that's what you want to do. So how do you greet them? What are their nicknames? Um, sometimes nicknames work best. And that ability to communicate is also a way that you can check in with them. So a couple nights a week, I'm not home. He has a, um, a friend who comes in and, and plays with him and makes sure he's okay. But I will check in, not through a camera system, but through my own intuition to say, hey, bud, I'll be home in the morning. Um, I'll feed you your breakfast. You know, things along those lines that let him know I'm still connected because they don't need us to be right there because intuition is their first sense. So try this. Play with it. If your animal looks at you like what? (laughs) If they're in the same room when you're practicing, um, you'll know that you made connection and it's fun. And just know that they don't, you're not going to carry on a full-blown conversation. You're going to get bits and pieces uh, because that's their communication style too. Um, This is something that you can keep building on. Like you can expand it, uh, but mostly please let it bring you some peace that there is a reason that your animals are in your life and it might be a good idea for you to pause and ask, okay, what are you here to teach me? Because I promise you it's about teaching. I promise you because I I think they're more involved than we are on some levels um, because, well, heck, we take care of them. And the forgiveness that they do, it's not that they forget what they've been through, the trauma and stuff like that. And sometimes, yeah, that's still in there and you can work with that. But they just know that the moment that they're in is the most important. And if there's anything that you take away from being connected to animals, and if there's any spiritual meaning at all, it is that. The moment that you are in is what's important. So take it, take that moment to breathe. When you're petting them, you're also calming yourself, but you're making that bond and you're connecting through heart space. And isn't that why we're all here? Acceptance, heart space, love, joy, soul connection. Why not let the little buggers in whatever form they come in with fur, without fur, feathers, um, hair, uh, bald, (laughs) some of those hairless cats, they're so funny, Um, whatever form they fish, whatever they come in, they connect with the amazingness that is them and how it just came to be, you know, tap into that wonder and then ask them what you can learn from them because it will also honor their soul path. Thank you for listening and being part of this episode. And I will see you in the next one. If this is something you feel would be beneficial to you, feel free to pop on over to the website, vickybaird.com, V-I-C-K-I-B-A-I-R-D.com, or at Coach Vicky Baird on all the social platforms.